2: Welcome to the Tuesday Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in one day fantasy sports. I am not Jake Letarski. You can follow Jake on Twitter at JakeSki52. I am joined today by John McKechnie at Johnny McKex, J O H uh, N N Y M C K E C H S. Please pull over to the side of the road if you're going to write that down. <laughs> Should have said that before I said the handle, but I'm not a very good host. I'm Derek Van Riper at Derek Van Riper on Twitter try to spell it. If you can, cool. you find me. If you don't, I'll be okay. You'll be okay, too. Uh, John, before we start today, how was your 4th of July? How was the weekend as a whole?
1: Uh, I I didn't go too crazy this time around just because I knew that the 4th was going to be on a Monday. I'd have to come into work today, so I didn't want to go too far off the handle. Uh, I actually worked a little bit on Sunday as well, but uh, yesterday uh, hung out with some friends, had some nice cigars, uh, just kind of a low-key celebration, nothing too wild. How about yourself? Yeah, I had the same, same kind of thing.
2: I hung up with some friends. Actually, Sunday, I had some friends out of town who had a party. They always have a party on the 3rd because no one has anything to do on the 3rd. Right. And then everyone shows up to their party, and then you get to do a repeat on the 4th. So it was great. Saw so a lot of my friends. got to spend some time with my wife on Saturday. I didn't have to work Saturday. Partial day of work yesterday, but mostly a barbecue. I tried a new beer. I tried the uh, Door County Polka King. A porter okay pretty nice and how do you drink a porter on the 4th of july i guess it only works if it's like 65 or 70 degrees well, which was amazing
1: yeah it was like 70 degrees yesterday it definitely wasn't uh, as hot as we're used to seeing on the 4th of july so porter definitely drinkable at that that uh temperature
2: so let's dive into this slate there's one day game today uh, cubs reds will be probably in progress around the time people start listening to this recording uh, if you're looking at the night slate 14 games otherwise pretty typical sort of Tuesday three top tier options you got Mad Bum at home at 11,400 on FanDuel going up against the Rockies Carlos Carrasco uh, going up against the Tigers at ten two, and David Price at an even 10,000 going up against the Rangers a Rangers team that knocked him around pretty good I think two or three starts ago he saw him recently right. in Arlington and, and David Price's struggles have been Uh, off and on this season but I still look at him as someone that you you can go after in certain matchups I mean today you're going to get a low ownership number because that's got a high over under the Rangers offense is actually pretty good against lefties even though some of their big bats are hitting from the left side I still think this is one of those days where you just pay up for Madison Bumgarner I mean it just makes a lot of sense home at AT AT&T Park he's so good doesn't matter who the opponent is and even if you think this Rockies team is better than a typical Colorado offense it's not one that you fear with a guy like Bumgarner
1: on the mound, right? Yeah, I mean a lot of their guys, and it's kind of reflected uh, in the prices that you'll see uh, throughout this slate. You know, Arenado, you're never going to see him under three thousand unless he's going against Bumgarner. He's got really tough career numbers against him. Uh, Blackman's also a lot cheaper than you're than you're used to seeing. Just a lot of those big bats that uh, are kind of regulars in our lineups are just kind of. Kind of out the window today, even w- even with like the tempting price tags, in my opinion. Yeah,
2: two thousand for Trevor Story he came back from that finger injury recently. I mean, that's just a throwaway sort of price. So if you think Bumgarner is going to get smashed, well, then stack Rockies because they're they're very cheap. Uh, as Carrasco and Price go, I mean, you're going to be using those guys in, in GPPs at all. I mean, with the Tigers, I see them as one of those offenses that can hit just about any pitcher they're matched up against. Carrasco, of course, coming off a very good start against the Blue Jays last time out. I mean, what do you make of Carrasco at that price?
1: Uh, I'm a fan of Carrasco at 10 That That's really not breaking the bank for the second uh, most expensive pitcher on a slate. And I just think that it's all, it's at this point, it's a good idea to use uh, an Indians pitcher, it seems like. They're just on this tear. Obviously, uh, the wheels came off a little bit in Toronto this weekend, but I'm still very confident in that group. And I think Carrasco is one of the best pitchers arguably the best pitcher that they have. He's got a 3.80 ERA at Progressive Field. Last time he faced the Tigers, he went uh, the distance for a complete game shutout, striking out seven guys with just one walk. Like you said earlier, he struck out 14 in his last outing against the Blue Jays. Uh, so I, I know the Tigers are picking things up a bit, but, I mean, the Indians are pretty heavily favored at minus 160 today. And I think Carrasco is a guy that I'm definitely going to be uh, using. And, uh, you know, I think it also – is helped by the fact that the Tigers have to throw Anibal Sanchez on the hill tonight uh, because Jordan Zimmerman's out. Yeah, I realized this morning I
2: did a, a small ballparks tour a few summers ago. I think it was three years ago now, uh, summer of 2013, and I saw a game at PNC, which was awesome, by the way. It was like Cole Hamels and Garrett Cole on the 4th of July. Oh, man! And coming back from that trip, I went Cincinnati first, saw Homer Bailey throw a no-hitter against the Giants, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Went over to Pittsburgh for the Fourth of July. Saw a good game. PNC is gorgeous. If you haven't been there, definitely check it out. Uh, coming back, stopped in Cleveland to see a game, and it was Anibal Sanchez against Carlos Carrasco. And I think it might have been the fifth of July or sixth of July, right? Wow. Like, like almost three years ago to the day. Same matchup, and they have just completely flipped since then. I mean, Carrasco mm-hmm. couldn't throw quality strikes. Like he, he'd find too much of the plate with his fastball and get demolished. The secondary stuff just wasn't located very well, and it, since then. Complete opposite, right Annibal sanchez just can 't do anything right right now, and Carrasco 's become one of the better pitchers in the American League in the time since so i 'm with you on Carrasco at least as like a cash game option, maybe a GPP option though too, because as we 're going to talk about later, the bats are not priced up in a way where I feel like you, you can build a good offense without having to overpay for a lot of different spots, so it 's a pretty good day in that regard. I'm staying away from price in cash. I think maybe in GPPs there's some appeal there because right. the ownership number will be low. But in the second tier, not wild about really any of these arms. you get Steven Matts home against the Marlins. He's got health concerns. I mean, that's probably the best option. That's why he's the most expensive of this bunch. Masahiro Tanaka at the cell. He always deals with a hitter-friendly environment. So I don't think you have to worry about him from a park factor standpoint. He's 9,000, though, and the Ks haven't been there. That's a good point. Throughout this year. So I've I've got some hesitation with
1: him, but I'm curious, what do you, what do you think of Masahiro Tanaka today? I I've just noticed that, that his road numbers are, are extremely dominant. I mean they they're he's obviously a lot more comfortable pitching away from Yankee Stadium, it seems like he's got a one three two ERA on the road with coupled with a point nine whip, so that's pretty dominant stuff. Uh his K to walk rate is uh right a, just a little bit over four. Uh and this is over uh, forty-seven inning sample size. So you know, it's not just like he's gotten lucky a few times. He he's been consistently solid on the road, and I just don't find uh, the White Sox offense at this time to be all that threatening. It seems like they've kind of cooled off in a huge way from from how they started earlier in the season, and it looks like the Yankees might. Uh, be showing some signs of life right now. I, I don't know if I buy that for the long term, but right now it seems like they're they're ready to, to kind of pick up some wins, maybe gain some steam heading into the All-Star break. And I think uh, with that, I think uh, Tanaka might be a decent option. My might- might be able to pick up the win for you, even if those Ks aren't what you'd like them to be.
2: As you look a little further down in this tier, you see Gio Gonzalez, who's been a disaster since a good April, 8,900 with a home start against Milwaukee. It's a Milwaukee team that strikes out a lot, but it's a Milwaukee team that also can draw a share of walks, especially when you're talking about matching them up against the lefty. I mean, they are a right-handed heavy lineup, so I think they can do a little damage against Gio. Yeah,
1: I was at at the Brewers game uh, when Gio was pitching uh, two weekends ago and saw Chris Carter just mash that three-run shot in the first inning, set the tone. So yeah, I'm probably going to stay away from Gio tonight, personally. You got Kenta Maeda going up against Chris Tillman
2: at Dodger Stadium, 86 and 8400 respectively. I think you can pick on the Dodgers a little bit. It's been a recurring theme, but I'm not using my Ada against the Orioles. The Orioles offense against anybody, I'm just not doing it. Like even even a top like frontline ace type, I'm not throwing that pitcher against Baltimore right now. I think the name that I'm most intrigued by in the second tier is Jake Odorizzi getting a matchup against the Angels who are actually closer to a league average offense against righties than people might realize. The Woba is really close to the league average against righties. They don't strike out a lot, so that's part of the the downside, but it is a home start for Odorizzi and he's one of those guys that when he's on he can provide sneaky value from those mid-tier price points definitely
1: yeah i like that matchup a little bit uh as well and i think you know you mentioned that the angels are pretty disciplined at the plate but i think odorizzi a guy that uh he can rack rack up the k's uh in a pretty short order you know like sometimes he'll have a start it only goes five innings but it feels like he strikes out eight or nine guys or something like that
2: yeah a lot of times it's a lack of efficiency but he's still missing bats uh, along the way uh, other than that, I mean the cheaper options today didn't really jump off the board. If I was going to go really off the wall for a, a big field GPP, Mike Fultonevich against the Phillies, it's a road start. He's below seven thousand cost wise. Does have strikeout stuff. The Phillies offense is bad. I think you can try to pick on them a little bit, but I'm talking like a three dollar entry in a mass field GPP where right. you're just trying to get something offensively that puts you over the top and kind of hoping to catch lightning in the bottle with Fulty.
1: Right. Yeah. I think beyond that, I'm probably not going to to the super cheap well. I think that uh, that's a good point. But at the same time, for me, we talked about how uh, there are so many uh, just kind of bargain deals on, on bigger name bats today that you. it's a pretty soft cap. You feel like you can stack your lineup pretty well, even if you use a more expensive pitcher. So I'm probably just going to uh, go the safer route on the pitchers tonight. But uh, I like your point on Fulte going against the Phillies. I mean, they're they're a team that can definitely uh just go blank for a whole game it's it's definitely uh an option there
2: so let's take a look position by position talk about some very uh, hitter options for different price points and i'm curious who do you like the most behind the plate if you get one call today at the catcher spot who do you throw in there
1: i'm gonna go with wilson ramos uh, of the nationals going against the brewers and zach davies zach davies Been a pretty good pitcher uh, this year. Kind of a a nice surprise story, but uh, most of his success has really come at home uh, as opposed to on the road when he has a 549 ERA, a 163 whip. Uh, So Ramos, he's the third most expensive catcher on the on the board tonight at 3300 so that's still pretty affordable all things considered uh he, he went hitless last night but in looking through his game log he hasn't had consecutive consecutive hitless games since Ju- june 11th and 12th so I, I like his chances of getting back on the board tonight uh as, against uh davies on, when davies is on the road
2: yeah, there's a few different catchers I like as well. It's actually a good night in terms of the, the matchups. When I mean, Wilson Ramos, that LASIK in the offseason seems to have helped considerably. Seeing the ball makes it a lot easier to hit the ball, as we've uh, found over time. But <laughs> the other catchers I'm interested in, if you want to save some money at the position, Travis Darno is only 2200 Hits a little low in the order, but it's a righty-lefty matchup against and Chen. Uh, Darneau's punished lefties going back to last year, so it's a nice spot for him. Willington Castillo gets a lefty at home at Chase Field. Christian Friedrich, a guy that misses his spots often. I mean, he could put everything together at some point, but from a DFS standpoint, still a pitcher I try to pick on when he goes into a more hitter-friendly environment. Beef is only 2,700 today. And I think Buster Posey at 3,300, even though it's against the righty in Tyler Chatwood, I think he makes some sense as well. It's a, it's a rare day where I have about four catchers, and Wilson Ramos is definitely one of them, uh, four catchers that I'm definitely thinking about uh, to varying degrees. Uh moving over to first base today. It seems like the kind of day where you pay up. I mean, you can get Paul Goldschmidt at forty-one hundred against Friedrich. David Ortiz is forty-two hundred, and because of some of the values at other positions, I'm comfortable doing that. The other name that caught my eye though is Kendrys Morales at thirty-one hundred, going up against R.A. Dickey in Toronto. It just seems like Morales has really settled in at the plate recently. Get a high over under in that game of nine and a half, and I think he's one of those players that it was only a matter of time before he started to hit again because last year he was one of the more underrated bats in the league.
1: Right, and and like you said, now I mean I don't know if there's anyone as locked in as as he's been in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the the power is really showing up in huge bunches. So for his price to be sticking at at 3100, uh, going against a you know a soft tossing knuckleballer, uh, I think that's re- that's. That's a lot of favorable uh factors going his way. So I really like that pick as well. And for for me I'm gonna I'm gonna probably try to go uh at at Annabelle Sanchez a little bit. So I'm gonna go with Mike Napoli. Same price as Morales, thirty one hundred. Uh I just I like the idea of the of using some Indians today uh, against Sanchez in general. Uh, Napoli's a guy that's going to be hitting clean-up most likely. Uh, he had a pair of extra base hits last night, uh, including his 17th home run of the year. So 3,100 for a cleanup hitter going against a really soft pitcher. Uh, I think that's a really uh, nice steal there as well. Yeah, might get a lot
2: of opportunities with runners on base today. So I think you could see the case for stacking Indians. But if you just want some exposure napoli is an option if you want to save a little bit of money at first compared to going with some of those top options uh, that i mentioned uh, second there's two guys i like one is uh, in the cleveland lineup it's jason kipnis only three thousand today the bvp crowd's not going to like that call because the numbers overall against anibal sanchez have not been good in jason kipnis's career right but it's important we, it's like we talked about before pitchers and hitters players change over time so if you look at what Happened previously to me, it doesn't matter if a pitcher is broken, if a hitter makes adjustments to his swing, it's one of those things that it's a small sample size, regardless. So, I I always find BVP to be more of a problem, more of a a thing that I would look at as a a secondary reason to use a player, something that would break a tie at best, as opposed to something I would use to guide a decision entirely to target or to avoid a player. But if you really don't like the Kipness call, I like Devin Travis, and you like him too. What do you like about him today going up against Chris Young?
1: I think you basically gave the answer right there. He's going against Chris Young. Uh Chris Young has just been uh terrible uh on the road this year. He's got an 8.53 ERA on the road uh and what else? He leads the major leagues in home runs allowed at 22 over just 57.2 innings of work. So, I've never seen that before. Is that is that possible? Is that real? It is when it is when you're Chris Young and you're just serving up four home runs a, per outing or something like that and it seems like he's uh very likely to do that sort of thing and up in toronto uh so travis is going to be hitting in that home park against a pitcher that's terrible on the road uh you know he's only at 2700 too uh, which kind of surprised me given the matchup uh you you'll want to take a look at the lineup though so before uh, before locking it in because he he's been bouncing around the lineup a little bit more of late. I think he dropped to eighth in the lineup recently, but especially if he's hitting like out of the two spot, I uh, really really like Devin Travis at twenty seven hundred. I like him regardless because I think the the Blue Jays are going to be able to push push across a bunch of runs uh, no matter what. But especially if he's hitting it at the two spot, I really like Travis at 2,700.
2: It's just amazing to me that, that Chris Young has been this bad. Now, his pitch mix is a little bit different. He's throwing the slider more than ever. He's throwing it 51.3% of the time. More than mm-hmm. half the time, he's throwing sliders. Very unusual. Typically, uh, more of like a 58% rate on that. At times, earlier in his career, he threw the fastball like 70% of the time. But I think in more recent years, that's fallen off because he's just doesn't have as so much life on that pitch as he used to, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a disaster spot for him. And I, I've again, I've never seen that many home runs allowed in such a limited volume of innings. But <laughs> Chris Young is getting it done. About twenty five percent of the fly balls he's allowing right now are clearing the fence for a home run. It's <laughs> astonishing. It's like an elite hitter's hot home run to fly ball rate is what he has done over the course of this season. Uh, moving over to the hot corner, who do you like at third today?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Franco. Uh, he's really started to turn things around. I have a ton of Michael Franco shares in season long, so he's a guy I pay a lot of attention to. And he's been, or he was a little bit of a disappointment, I'd say, in May and parts of June. But it really seems like he's he's locked in now. I mean, he's over the last two weeks slashing 367, uh, 466, 714. That, that's a really impressive number uh, going against faulty. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, Fulty might be in for, for a decent start tonight because of what's around Franco. But I think Franco can still get his, uh, regardless, regardless of what else is going on around him. So at 3,300, uh, not a not a huge price tag on him uh, for a guy that's just been really locked in of late. I really t- try to go with the with the hot hand a lot of the times. So Franco, a guy that I know has that pop upside as well. So I'm going to go with him. Yeah, he's got pop with a low K rate too, which I think is a lot of the
2: appeal. And if you look at his splits against righties, even I think he's roughly a top ten option at third base, even though it's a same handed platoon split for Franco today so I think that could be a nice call especially when you can consider that you know Nolan Arenado has the matchup against Bumgarner Adrian Beltre gets David Price although for Beltre he handles lefties very well and he's actually handled David Price very well in his career too again the BVP kind of a secondary thing to consider I looked at it just to wonder if if Price had somehow just been really good against them but he hasn't been you're talking about a guy that has like a 950 range ops against lefties going back to the start of last season so if you want a contrarian cheap third base option with a good matchup adrian Beltre might scratch that itch i like travis shaw at the same price 2600 against aj griffin it's a home matchup for the red sox over under in that game is nine so i could see shaw doing a bit of damage in that one as well and if this game is not impacted by rain we'll talk about the weather in just a few minutes Danny Valencia at 3,400 against Tommy Malone Ooh. is my favorite play today at third base, but that game has probably the most severe uh, weather concerns. So with that, you got to keep an eye on the weather leading in the lineup block tonight.
1: Right, right. And uh, so with that, moving on to shortstop, who are you thinking about uh, over there? Yeah, short sure, today, I mean, this is another uh, option, looking at the A's game,
2: it's Marcus Simeon. If they move him up in the order again against Tommy Malone, I think that's a great value play at the shortstop position. I think the concern is, again, same as it is with Valencia. There's a high probability of that game at least being delayed. 2800 though is a bargain if you're looking at Simeon. Uh, if that game looks like it's going to get rained out or significantly delayed, Francisco Lindor against Anibal Sanchez at 3200 makes a lot of sense. So If you don't go full Indian stack, if you want to go some combination of Lindor and Kipnis or Lindor and Napoli or Kipnis and Napoli I think that could make a lot of sense if you want to get exposure to some of the other weak pitchers out there
1: right yeah that would make a lot of sense it seems like uh Lindor for 3,200 I mean that's almost like a thousand under under what we've seen him at so for for his price to be that uh low going against Sanchez a guy that we've picked on a decent bit during this podcast uh you know that really tough to go wrong there uh, i like I like Troy Tulewitzki, uh for the same reasons I like Devin Travis tonight going against chris young uh, he 's only thirty one hundred so that 's really kind of a nice steal. Uh, what do you make of Danny Espinosa right now i mean he, he's, he might be the hottest hitter going but and, and he 's only thirty one hundred but you know do you think that that 's just a bit of a mirage or i mean obviously those type of numbers aren't fully sustainable, but do you think he's making a legitimate turnaround? If you look at Espinoza before he got hurt and had a couple of just really bad years trying
2: to play through shoulder injuries and got bounced around between the big leagues and AAA, uh, he's intriguing because he has power. He's a, he's a low-average, kind of decent OBP sort of guy, good defender. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of look at him as a legitimate, like decent, good hitter. Now, it's just a ridiculous streak that he's on right now. I don't, I don't think he's as good as he is, been in the last month, I don't think he's as bad as he was in April when everybody was clamoring for Trey Turner. Right, so I, I like him okay at that price point because I don't think Zach Davies is the kind of guy you need to fear at all. I think he's generally a lower K rate. Type starter at least he's not overpowering right so I think that bodes well for someone like Espinoza. I think he's a viable option right now uh, Hits a little low in the order but uh, someone you could throw in there in GPPs and probably get a pretty good result uh, in the outfield I like Bryce Harper a lot today against Zach Davies he's only 3,800 I mean I like Bryce Harper pretty much every day but a few hundred bucks below the expected cost so I think you could go with some combination Harper and Espinosa or Harper and, and one of the other Nats bats if you want to get some extra uh, looks at Zach Davies like in the outfield though there's a good slew of value options you got Yasmani Tomas at 2,500 uh, much like I, I like Goldie and Beef Tomas might be right there with them so you could maybe get all three of those guys in Tomas is only 2,500 he's handled lefties very capably going back to last season OPS right around 800 last year he's up above a thousand so far in 2016 against Southpaws Ioannis Cespedes is only 3,200 against wei Chen way in chan's been a big disappointment to me this year oh, yeah i think he can carve up uh, the mets offense a little bit but cespedes is the guy that's going to give him the most trouble so if, as long as you're not using way in chan i think cespedes at 3200 is a nice discounted price and then miguel Sano at 2800 again weather is the main concern between the the twins and the a's but Sano has pounded lefties since he came up to the big leagues 2800 is a very nice price break for a guy that has a lot of raw power.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm huge on Sano tonight. I, I really hope that game ends up uh getting played. Hope the weather uh misses target field at least a little bit, uh, because Sano at twenty eight hundred I think is one of the better plays uh on the board tonight. Uh for For me, I'm going to go with uh, some other cheap uh, outfield options just to throw out there. Uh, Hyunsu Kim of the Orioles going against Kenta Maeda. Uh, He'll he'll be in the lineup because he's lefty, going against the right-handed pitcher, should be hitting second in the order. Uh, Kim generally doesn't have a ton of extra base upside, which is kind of what you uh, would want, but at the same time, he he hits so consistently. Like he's a good bet to to slap three singles and, and score a run in a, in a given game. Uh, so I like his plate discipline and his ability to drive the ball uh, to to all fields. Really, he's shown to be very capable of doing that recently. So I like him at twenty seven hundred. Uh, Alex Dickerson. Uh, I think he draws a pretty favorable matchup uh, in Arizona. Going going against a guy like uh, Zach Godley, who uh, is he? Is this like his first uh, start in the bigs this year? Or I think it might be because I know he was called up and he worked out of the bullpen
2: previously. He may have had one other spot start, but he's not a pitcher you worry about at all. I mean, I, I think he can be very prone to contact, and we saw him pitch last year and he pitched reasonably well three nineteen ERA, one twenty five WHIP, but. I would be much more inclined to pick on him on a night like tonight where he's not fully stretched out. Could be more of a bullpen game right. for Arizona. Even if Godley comes in and, and gets nine outs pretty effectively, you might get six innings against the Arizona bullpen. And you got to like that. Yeah, it's a really kind of sneaky way to go. But Padres are priced up. Dickerson's one of the cheaper options I think that you can go with. So uh, definitely worth thinking about going after the Arizona pitching tonight I think that makes a a lot of sense
1: anybody else in the outfield that you like um I'm a huge Nelson Cruz guy in general I, I find it hard to to not try to fit him into a lot one of my lineups on a given night. I always feel pretty confident that he's going to be able to to provide a nice return. Uh, so I think he's at 3,700 tonight going against a lefty in Dallas Keuchel. I uh, just like that matchup a lot when, when he gets to go up against a left-handed pitcher and he's not ridiculously overpriced. I mean, still on anything under 4K, for Cruz on a given night uh, is something that I'll definitely uh, tend to take a pretty serious look at here. So I'm going to go with Cruz, uh, Kim and Dickerson as sort of my, my mix of outfielders, uh, right now for tonight. So if you had to pick one chalk play for today, who would it be? Hmm. Uh, that's tough because we, there are a couple matchups that we like so much. Uh, Probably going to go with either Mike Napoli or Devin Travis, I like either of those guys, just because of the the pitching that they're going to be facing, I think is so favorable uh so so in their advantage, so I think either of those guys are are locks to me uh going tonight. How about yourself? I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between Kipness and Goldie. I think
2: I'd go Goldie just because he's got such an amazing track record against lefties overall and just he pounds the ball home too so right edge to Goldie, but Kipnis is right there for me. Again, I'm not concerned about the BVPs against Sanchez because Animal Sanchez seems pretty broken. And I think part of the appeal of Goldie is that it's part of my favorite stack of today. I think the Diamondbacks are my preferred stack, especially when you think about the prices on Castillo uh, and uh, Yasmani Tomas. I mean, like those two things right there just kind of put it over the top as far as me looking at Arizona as the stack I'm most interested in.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. I think that there's a lot of good upside with with Arizona, and like you said, those uh, those price points for for guys like Tomas or even Goldschmidt, you know, 4,000 or 4,100 is like totally doable for Goldschmidt, so I I really like that pick a lot. I think Goldschmidt, uh, I have some shares of him in season long as well, huge fan, and uh, I think he's going to be able to get it done tonight uh, for sure. So, you like the Jays against
2: Young. You like the Indians against Sanchez. I like the D backs. I'm going to agree in agreement on those two as well. I think people are going to be going after the Red Sox today against A.J. Griffin, too. That might even be the most chalky of all the stacks out there because Boston's offense is just that good. Right. Uh, as far as the over unders go, Jays Royals at nine and a half. So, you're going to see a lot of ownership on those two teams. Rangers Red Sox at nine. And that's with David Price throwing for Boston. So, a lot of that's probably uh, pinned on Griffin and the rangers today Mm -hmm. uh nine and a half is the over under between the a's and twins but that game has the most severe weather concerns perhaps uh one to maybe avoid or just watch very closely prior to lineup lock as uh the meteorologists out there can get a better read on what's likely to happen over the course of game time but at the early indications there are possible delays and maybe even a postponement depending on how things progress over these next few hours. Padres D-backs at nine and a half, too. That's where the appeal, of course, of going after those Arizona hitters comes from. But as you mentioned, could get some shares of the Padres to Alex Dickerson, one of the cheaper options, assuming he gets the nod today for the Padres. MLB season is here, and that means daily fantasy baseball is in full swing. Go to FanDuel.com to play now. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stand at the salary cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just one dollar, and anyone can play. We're talking tournament strategy here, John. Uh, how do you? How are you shaking things up for your tourneys today?
1: I think, I, uh, uh, like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to probably ride with Tanaka, and that's probably as low as I'll go on the board as far as pitchers are concerned. Uh, some of the other guys, uh, you know, like you said, Kent tough matchup going against the Orioles. Tillman, kind of vice versa. Um, he. He's been a little bit uh, off in his last couple of starts after a really, really uh, kind of great beginning to the season, so I'm probably not going to use him. Uh, Odorizzi is another guy that we mentioned that, that would be a possibility, but I feel very strongly about Tanaka just based on his uh, strong road performance this year and go- in going against a, a team in, in the White Sox that I'm just not uh, very afraid of, uh, even if... in. The run support might be a bit of a factor because uh, Rodon is a lefty. The Yankees are so left-hand reliant in their lineup. Uh, but at the same time, I think, you know, maybe even like a guy like Didi Gregorius who has the strange he's where thing where he's a lefty, but he hits left-handed pitching a lot better. Maybe he – They'll generate some runs that way. Uh, hopefully, that'll be enough uh, run support for Tanaka to be able to get it done and get the win. Uh, that's kind of what I'm banking on because his K potential isn't as good as some of the other guys like Odorizzi.
2: Yeah, initially, I thought I had to go to the Odorizzi level to get a, a good tournament lineup in. But the more I, I kind of messed around with various combinations, I realized you could play Bumgarner in tournaments. I mean, he's the preferred cash option for me. But I'm going to try to build my GPP lineups around Madison Bumgarner uh, today as well. And part of this is because I don't really like the matchups of the upper and mid-tier arms, the price matchup. I'm not crazy about that Steven Matz matchup either. I think in a, in a GPP setting, I like Marcelo Zuna quite a bit. I think you're going to have a lot of ownership on Giancarlo Stanton because the price is still down. Sure. Of the two, I like Ozuna better right now because the form's been better. Health may not be a factor for him, whereas with Stanton, I'm still not convinced he's completely healthy. He just doesn't look like he's snapped back into being the John Carlos Stanton we're accustomed to yet.
1: Right, yeah, I I agree with you there. I mean, Stanton, Stanton's. I mean, even last week, Dave Dave O'Brien, who writes uh, for the Braves for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you know, tweeted out something to the effect of, "Do you remember when uh, every Stanton at bat was must-watch, and now it's just meh." And that, I mean, is kind of true. I mean, it's a little bit of a harsh thing to say, but at the same time, I mean, Stanton hasn't been that same guy this year, so you might be onto something in terms of uh, the health factor there. He's 26, so I don't think it's regression. I no. think it's just something that we don't know about, and maybe the all-star
2: break is just what he needs to rest up, get healthy, get back on track, and have a massive second half. I mean, I was talking to Chris Liss about this yesterday. Is there any player in the league that you think is more likely – or at least within the range of possibilities to give you like 25 home runs after the break. Like he's capable of doing that. Like that's Absolutely. still there. So he looks like a good high end sort of buy low in your season long leagues. And in DFS, I think you keep picking your spots and for GPPs. I, I like Stanton and Ozuna more in those scenarios than in cash games. Uh, I think if you're going to use one Ozuna over Stanton still makes the most sense. Uh, chances of rain here as of about one, one thirty Eastern time, uh, we've got Pittsburgh and St. Louis looking at about a 60% chance of rain there. Uh, Oakland and Minnesota, more like a 65 to 70% chance. And that one just sounds like the storms are going to be more be prevalent yeah, around the, the ballpark throughout game time. Whereas the Pittsburgh-St. Louis game might be a slight delay, but it looks like it's less likely to have a significant problem there. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Daily Fantasy Podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Remember that first-time FanDuel users that make a deposit of twenty-five dollars or more via Rotowire can get six months of complimentary access. Check out Rotowire on your own. You can go to rotowire.com/pod. rotowire.com/pod. Get a free ten-day trial, no credit card required. That's going to wrap things up. I am not Jake Latarski. Derek Van Riper, you liar. I know. <laughs> and I'm John McKechnie. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny McKex. Yeah. Again, pull over to the side of the road. It's at. Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-C-K-E-C-H-S. If you want to follow John, I'm at Derek Van Riper. Throw the RoadWire Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return Wednesday with Benny Ricciardi and James Seltzer. Have a great day.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping